Welcome to the Blonde Runner podcast with Coach Laura Erickson, where she shares her healthy living tips as a running and triathlon coach and mother of four. Hello, I'm excited to talk about the Ogden Marathon today. I have been a longtime ambassador. I participated in, in the Ogden Marathon. The half marathon really is my favorite. Um, so I've done that for a while, but I did want to introduce Carolyn. Uh, she was born in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're going to be, um, we are going to be interviewing her today. She was born in Salt Lake, like I said, and she is, was raised in Murray. She's the second oldest in a family of 11 children. So big family there. Um, she, it lives in, um, Layton right now as well. So she worked for three companies in Ogden. Uh, the one particularly re- related to this is she was the executive director for the historic 25 Business Association for two years after she retired. And uh, in 1998, Carolyn was hired as a special events coordinator for Ogden City. So that's kind of where the Ogden Marathon started. She was inducted into the Ogden Mar- Marathon Hall of Fame in 2015. So I'm excited to have her on and we'll learn more about her experience with the Ogden Marathon here shortly. Hello. Well, hello, Laura. How are you? I am glad we're connecting again. So I... We- yeah, me too. <laughs> nice to see you again, sort of like to connect anyway. It's been a little while. I think I saw you in the summer last. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome to, to connect with you again. And I know you have been involved with the Ogden Marathon a long time, and you are the gal that knows the story of its beginnings. And so, this podcast is all things Ogden Marathon. I definitely want to talk about it. Um, and I think you know, I've been an ambassador for a long time. So, I love the race. It's so well organized. It, we get people from all over the world to do it. So, so tell us your hand in it and your experience when you, when it started. Well, it, it started, um, our first race was in 2001, but in September of 2000, Mayor, I was the event coordinator for Ogden City and Mayor Godfrey um, called me into his office and he said he wanted to have a marathon and I was just kind of like okay and he had a map there where he had actually designed the course so I checked out the map and I said well we're going to need some permits to in order to do this so let me apply for the permits and see what happens and I thought there is no way we will ever get approval from Forest Service BLM Highway Patrol um, Weaver County uh, you know it just seemed too overwhelming, mm. but I, but I applied for the permits and um, the, this was in September. So about the third week of January in 2001, we got our final permit. Mm-hmm. So I went to the mayor and I said, Hey, we got our permits. So let's plan for next year. And he said, no, I want to do it on Cinco de Mayo this year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said, Mayor, that's only four and a half months away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he said, well, bigger things than this have been pulled off in less time. So just do it. So needless to say, I about had a nervous breakdown. Uh-huh. That's a lot. <laughs> I, had, I had no idea what to do. <laughs> and I called upon uh, Brian Green, who was, uh, he had taken over my position as the director of the Corporate Sports Challenge. So 
I just, the, uh, oh, and the, the mayor had said he got approval for $5,000 from the city council, mm. which is a drop in the bucket. Mm. <laughs> and anyway, so I called Brian and I said, hey, how would you like to put on a marathon? And he goes, well, I said, I'll give you $5,000 and, and you can keep anything that you make. So together we did it. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was pretty crazy that first year, um, and we actually added the marathon relay because we thought we could get more money, mm-hmm. you know, having several people on a team, and we made every relay team provide a volunteer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that, and, first year, that was the first year there was a relay even? Yes, oh. right from the beginning. Mm. I did not realize it was from the beginning. That's, and that's not a, I don't think you see that commonly in other places, which is somewhat unique for Ogden. So it's that they have that. Yeah. The logistics, you know, um, are pretty tough when you figure that you've got to have buses at each of the relay exchange point, you've got to transport people up to those points and you've got to transport people down to the finish line from those points. Mm-hmm. So how many people were at that first year? Do you remember? I believe it was about 620. Oh. That, that kind of sticks in my mind. So we were, we were proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> was, um, wasn't this a race that was taken over? Like it, like um, that was the first year you guys took it. it. Was, wasn't it from like another company offered it and then you kind of took over? Nope. Oh, okay. So you guys actually started it from the beginning. We started it from the very beginning. We, and we learned a lot along the way. (laughs) That is for sure. It's been a long time since it's, I mean, obviously it's a well, it's a well-known event, well-done event, and it's been around for a long time. That's usually a good indication of a base. So kind of tell me more about like, how did it grow over the years? And so, um, Brian, Brian was the race director for the first, um, I think, five years, maybe four, but four or five years. I'm, I'm not really sure. And um, Brian wasn't from Ogden. And the people that were involved with the marathon, you know, sponsors and, and locals all felt like he wasn't as vested in in growing it as someone who was from Ogden would be. And the goal foundation had been created, you know, right after the Olympics. And it was a perfect fit to have the goal foundation uh, run the marathon. And um, because they had such a great volunteer base, you know, that, that would, that would really improve on what we were doing. Mm -hmm. So, we went out for bid. We had uh, law mandates that we have to put something out for bid, you know, when we do that, because the city actually owned owned and still does own the marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to go out for bid, and we did have two entities bid on it, but the it was awarded to the Gold Foundation just based on other things that they had been able to do. What? They take it because that's what I was thinking then. I was thinking that, yeah, Cole took it after a few years or something. Right, right. Yeah. So I, I think they took it in 2006, 2005 or 2006. 
who had been going for a few years and then so what did you what did you notice in the difference when the gold foundation took it over well the biggest difference was um the number of volunteers that that were could be called upon to help Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um you know, it was it was a learning process for the Gold Foundation too, because they had never done um, a race of, of that magnitude and that distance. I mean, that's that's a big part of the struggle for putting on a marathon. Is you're not just planning a festival downtown; you're planning a 26 mile festival <laughs> mm-hmm. that's covering a long distance, and then you got to have aid stations and everything else. Right. The first year. Yeah, well, the first few years, it was it was funny because we borrowed everything. Um, you know, Brian didn't own any any of the equipment that was needed, and so we borrowed um, tables and we borrowed water jugs and signs, and you know, we had to borrow everything. And we lucked out because Ogden City, um, they they did all the barricading the street department did all the barricading and all the logistics were figured out with um, Ogden City Police, you know, representatives from them, Highway Patrol and Sheriff. And um, and so Ogden City was involved from the start line all the way to the finish line. Well, that was helpful, no, no doubt. <laughs> yes, because that's a very big, expensive piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what did you notice, like, when you pa- kind of passed it off to goal? I mean, you were still involved. Like, what was what your role has changed kind of over time? What What do you do now? So I stayed um, as the logistics chair, uh, even when goal took it over, um, up until 2013, when I retired from Ogden City. And I said, okay, I'm retiring from Ogden City and I'm not going to be in charge of logistics anymore. Somebody else has to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so the Gold Foundation has expanded and they the board used to be 26 or 27 people and we voted several years ago to, to change that and have a governance board and have an event event team so the event team is huge and we have leads for each each area um, of of the marathon so that it's broken down and and nobody has that great big major major uh responsibility anymore Mm -hmm. that's a it's a lot like no doubt they need a big team of people to orchestrate everything and the, I mean, obviously the first year it was 620, but I don't, I don't know how many people do it now. How many would you guesstimate, or you may even know how many participate in the event this now? Um, our maximum year, we had about 11,000. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we got up to about, I think we were up to about uh, 7,000 and we were capped because we couldn't find any more buses. <laughs> <laughs> we were bringing buses, you know, from Provo and Idaho and all over every, every bus that we could rent. Mm-hmm. And um, we managed to work out. Um, we had to follow state law, but we managed to work out where Ogden city 
could do an interlocal agreement with Weber School District. Mm -hmm. um, So the Weber County School District has a whole bunch of buses. And so when that happened, then we could we could really grow it. And that's when we were able to go up to the 11,000. Um, all races uh, discovered that at, at that point, we saw, started to see a, de- a decline in registrations, but it wasn't just us, it was all races. Mm. Part, part of it was uh, the market now had been inundated with races that you know, when we started, there was just the St. George, the Park City, and the Ogden in Utah. And then Salt Lake added, and then um, I think there's one in Moab. And there, you know, I'm not even sure how many how many there are now. The Huntsville, the the one up in Peterson, you know, and some of them have, have come and gone. Um, but... The Ogden has stayed, and I think it is because the Gold Foundation is in charge. It's such a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been on kind of both sides where I've been involved in helping and then been involved in racing, and that is well done uh, race, definitely. Um, like, I think what I really like about it, too, is it's kind of a classy race. You know, it's the only race that I've ever been to that has, like, a finish line little area for like VIP and and I've been in there and it's pretty <laughs> here and I know that's where we met that's where I got connected with you and learned about um, the race a little bit so I think believe that's still your role is to help with that maybe you can explain that to people listening and that they don't know what I'm talking about but. so um we decided to do a there's a tent at the finish line that is the called the lounge on the line and it is for VIPs and sponsors. And we serve breakfast and we serve lunch. And, you know, when they have a front row to cheer on the finishers, you know, right there at the finish line. And it's kind of a special, kind of a special place. Um, that's where I graduated to is what I called it. When I went from logistics, I went to being in charge of that. And I love it. And... Um, and so I, so I do that. I'm, I'm in charge of that tent and, you know, I set it up. I work with the caterer and, and um, just monitor what goes on in there during the day. And then I'm also in charge of the hall of fame and I help with the legacy dinner. So, yeah. So these are all just neat. I think really kind of, that's why I think this is such a great race because like, not only is the race well done, but then there's these all these little extras. So you guys really take care of the runners. Like the legacy dinner is really neat because it honors those people that have been involved in this race. And I think there are several that have actually run it every single year um, that has been done, which is pretty neat, I think. Um, and to honor those people with that legacy dinner is a really cool thing to do. Um and I think it becomes a tradition for people, especially these good races. Absolutely. Yeah. From day one, we always said this race has to be about the runner. And um, it was never about how much money can we make or how, how, um, how good can we look? You know, it's always been, always been about, providing the best experience and the most wonderful um, 
route, you know, scenery and, and even, you know, everything we could do to make runners um, have a great time. Let's talk about the route because this is one of my favorite routes. And I would think this is probably one of the things I hear most often when I talk to other people is how beautiful the route is, especially when you get to the half marathon and you go down the canyon. It's gorgeous. So tell me about like the progress of the like the route wasn't hasn't always been the same, right? Um, It almost has been the same. We we did in the beginning, we had to add. I don't know, a few hundred feet to, to um, get it to 26.2 miles. And so we did kind of an extra little loop at Dinosaur Park or di- around Dinosaur. Oh, uh, not Dinosaur Park, uh, Big D Park, right above Dinosaur Park. Yeah. Uh, did a little extra loop there. Um, we've, we've moved the start line back and we've moved it forward. You know, we've just done some adjustments like that. We've, we've run under Washington Boulevard um, when we could. And then several years, the river was too high and it flooded under the, under there. So we just finally decided we're not going under Washington Boulevard. We'll go across the street and um, every, every little thing like that, you don't realize um, how strict um, the qualifying is to be a qualifier for Boston Marathon. And that's where we've had to make adjustments by a few hundred feet is to make sure that we still qualify for that. Mm, okay. Yeah, that is a really good bonus, I think, of this race. A lot of people do go to, um, you know, qualify for Boston. So, and it is a fairly early season race um, in May, third week in May, usually. So, um, that's nice to hear. I didn't know. I mean, I did know that there were some adjustments to it, but I didn't realize it was it was pretty minor for the most part. You guys kind of did a good job at figuring out the route from the get go. Like, what was an amazing route? That so. was that was Mayor Godfrey. He he was a long distance runner, and he you know he said this is the route I picked. So I don't know if he got it from someone else, but that's you know that's where I got it from. That's a lot of the headache, you know, figuring out the length and that's yeah he really did get it right did it right the first time or however he figured it out um you kind of mentioned that races come and go like you've seen some and there's some that have been around but and I remember feeling and I feel that as a runner that we have a very saturated market even now so why do you think that Ogden Marathon particularly is does better than other races well number one um the route the Mm -hmm. out it's it's uh, fairly easy you know mostly downhill and not steep downhill just you know just mostly downhill um there's there's no other time ever that you can run down ogden canyon because of the traffic um you know and there are no pedestrian lanes or bicycle lanes the canyon is so narrow and um and so the route and then the the way the runners are treated mm-hmm. yeah yeah I agree and I think that's why you know obviously returns it it's nice when everything is just so polished and you can you sense that like I, I mean I've kind of been on the back end of like producing things like this and not to this magnitude but like I don't think people realize how much really goes into it to orchestrate it so it goes so smoothly every and it starts on time and it goes where it needs to go and you accommodate for that many people and then you know one of the things that I hear too is 
people, you can't control the weather, but weather is something that's kind of been, I don't know. It hasn't always worked out for this race to have the best weather, but uh, it's even harder for the volunteers to be out there, but it still manages to do well, even with bad temperatures and bad, uh, bad weather. So um, I think people still like it. So I think that's so great that it's still going forever. So have you ever run it? I'm not a runner. Oh. <laughs> I have never run. No, <laughs> that was the other, that was the other thing when the mayor asked me to do do you know put on a marathon. I was like, oh my gosh, I've never been to a marathon. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you pull it off pretty darn good. Well, it helped that you know he was a runner. I'm sure he gave you a lot of feedback. But you do other hobbies. I know. Um, your intro mentioned that you do oil painting and needlework, gardening, all types of crafts. Tell us a little bit more about you as a person. Well, I, um, I consider myself to be very positive. Um, I always have a positive outlook. I always look for the best in people and, and, um, I just feel like, uh, life is good. I love Ogden. I, my house is in Layton, which, you know, is about, what, 10 miles south of Ogden. Mm-hmm. And I, people, my house is in Ogden, but I live, or my house is in Layton, but I live in Ogden. Um, we do a lot there. We, we go to restaurants there. We go to festivals there. Um, I'm involved with the Gold Foundation in Ogden. Um, you know, and just a lot of, a lot of things. Ogden. Good. Well, I know um, we had talked before. I know for uh, at least at one of the last things I went to, you guys were asking for um, trying to get the shirts and the medals that are, you're trying to make sure you have the collection of everything. And so I don't know if we have all those, we probably don't have all that information, but I will post that. So if people are like wanting to donate a shirt or a medal so that the Gold Foundation has that like as a collection, then that would be kind of cool. Um, it is I did find my list. I oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> tell us. I can tell you what we're missing. <laughs> so we are missing a medal from 2001 and one from 2007. Okay. And shirts, we are missing 2007, 2013, and 2019. And I just can't figure that we would be missing 2019, but that's what I have on the list. Yeah. So if you're listening in and you have any of those items, you want to donate them so they have a collection. And it is kind of fun to see. I know they had it set out for the last Legacy Dinner, but it was fun to see, like, the different, you know, things that they had, the different shirts and stuff and the medals. It was just kind of fun. And it kind of brought back memories because, like, there is sort of a style to them (laughs) that changes over time. So it was kind of cool to see that. So. Yeah, if you're listening in and you have that, then please let us know. And you can contact me or you can contact Gold Foundation or, of course, Carolyn. And, um, yeah, anything else that you wanted to share about the Ogden Marathon? Oh, let's see. Um, uh, The Hall of Fame, um, it was created in 2014. Um, Every year, someone, we take nominations and it goes out to the emails that we have on file. And um, there's a committee that is that is comprised of all the previous people who have been inducted into the Hall of Fame. 
and um and then we select you know we go through all the nomination forms and we select a person to be inducted and into the hall of fame and then they come to the legacy dinner where where that little ceremony takes place Mm. it's quite prestigious it's really a wonderful program and i don't know if every race has that but the gold foundation did create the ogden marathon hall of fame that's cool and it's neat to know i mean that's good for people to know especially if they do it and they get those emails that they can nominate somebody maybe somebody that's done an outstanding performance i know uh last year i'm pretty sure um it was uh i'm trying to remember the name of the person that got it last year i it will, was, I will it was team bart yeah team bart. yes bart Hendricks and um oh my goodness manuel cyphers yeah yes it was so neat to just hear their story and like their their progression through the race and the things that they've done uh, to bring awareness to the cause too. So those are the people, you know, that have been in the hall of fame. And I think, can they go somewhere and look at those things? I think it's on the the website, isn't it? It's on, it's on the website, but we are also in the process of getting uh, the hall of fame wall that will be in the lobby at the goal foundation. Um, it's been it's been kind of put off and put off and transferred to different people and so this year it will be it will be up oh that's really neat and um that's just on i believe it's washington boulevard the goal goal foundation and um you know the goal foundation they offer a lot of different volunteer opportunities not only with this race so maybe you're listening in maybe you're not a runner either but you could certainly participate they always look for volunteers and I know that they have a lot of kids programs and they have all kinds of programs they offer through the Ogden area. Um, so they're always looking for people to help or get involved or certainly having your kids involved in some of their programs is, is a really, so it's definitely something to check out. Right. This last year, they actually started a series at the senior center and they do hikes with seniors. Um, they, they gave them shoes you know, uh, hiking shoes. They they have a shoe program for for the kids. The after school program they give kids shoes, and high school track runners. You know, if they can't afford shoes, they give them shoes. I mean, they're they're so generous and and do so many things. Mm-hmm. So definitely, there's always opportunities, and I think you know people people do look for opportunities. There's certainly things that you can do to get involved, um, and even involved in your own local community even through programs and things. I think it's just so important mentally to be involved. I think we saw with COVID that 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 connection was missing and then people are really craving that. So just being involved in things and and getting yourself out there, I think is important. So that's, that's why I'm still there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still, I don't ever retire from there. I I like to see you every year. So I will do it as long as I can. I it's a great, place for you you do a great job with it so I appreciate your efforts there and I benefit so it's great they have good food (laughs) thank you thank you so so much for taking the time to talk to us it's fun to learn about like the history and and these races and why they've been around so long and if you've never checked out you know people listening in have never done the Ogden Marathon they definitely need to check it out it's definitely a good event I know this year um, I have been hired to be 
to coach. And so I'll produce programs for them and that will be, so you'll get structure. So if you're a brand new athlete, you're, you've never done it before, this is the year to do it because you'll get a free training and then we'll have a lot of support. We're, we're doing all kinds of things to bring people, especially new runners to the sport. And so we just definitely want to cater. And, you know, I believe Riley, he won the marathon last year and he just qualified, I believe for the Olympics. So like, we have amazing runners at this event. Wow. Yeah. So one, one thing on the Hall of Fame, on the nominations, it, you can nominate anybody. It doesn't need to be a runner. Oh. Uh, anybody that is, you know, that you feel is a real advocate for running in general or for the Ogden Marathon. Yeah. That's really great. And because, you know, there are people that are like volunteer for it every year too. So, I mean, it could be a volunteer that offers their time every year and that's a good, but again, for your time, I really appreciate it. And yeah, I'll see you again. All righty. Don't forget uh, the winter training series. Oh, absolutely. Winter training series. And we'll definitely have some codes below. You guys can sign up with discounts and um, yeah, that'll be starting. So in February, so we'll definitely talk about that more. So thanks again. Appreciate you. Okay. Thank Mm -hmm. you. See you soon. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. Glad she brought up the winter running series. I did want to talk about that a little bit more. It used to be called the winter training circuit, I think. Uh, But now they've changed it to the winter running series. So basically it's a, it helps you build up to your races, that your, the, the marathon. So um, you could certainly sign up even if you didn't do the Ogden events, but I highly suggest um, doing them both. So if you sign up for the whole series, there's a 5K in February. In March, there's a 10K and a 10-miler, and then in half, a half marathon in April, so at the beginning of April there. So it does help you build for the race. Um, as I mentioned, I um, have been hired to create the training programs for this, and so um, that is something that you get. It's kind of a benefit of signing up for the Ogden Marathon, or we are going to give priority for an upgrade if you're wanting more individualized help that um, if you sign up for winter running series, you do get a priority in that because there's limited spots. So um, if you're interested in that or you want more information, certainly let me know. And as I mentioned, I do have a discount code for the winter running series, which is um, run blonde. If you use that all caps with an E, you can save $10 on the whole series. Um, And then also that same discount code works for the half marathon or marathon for Ogden. Uh, I have a little bit different code. It's run blonde 5k 12k if you want to get involved in the shorter races. So they do offer a new 12k. It was new last year and they're going to be doing that again, which is about a seven and a half um, mile race. So kind of cool uh, distance. Anyway, I hope you get involved. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Um, The program that I'm offering is an 18 week training plan. So if you're not sure if you're a beginner, it is definitely a great race to get involved with so you can get some of that guidance to help you. So I appreciate you listening in and until next time, live well. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Healthy Living Podcast. Be sure and check the show notes for resources or links that we mentioned in the show. You can also find them on my website at blonderunner.com. B-L-O-N-D-E-R-U-N-N-E-R.com. You can also find me on Instagram at theblondrunner with an E and Coach Laura Erickson, and that's L-O-R-A. Before you forget, I hope that you will 
um, follow this podcast and like it so you don't miss an episode. Also, it really helps if you leave a review so other people can find it um, and share it with your friends. Until next time, live well.